We're talking about James 1, and so I'm going to give you some background real quick. Uh, So picture this in your mind. So a decade or so after Jesus um, dies on the cross, after he's raised from the dead, and after he ascends into heaven, so Jewish people, there's a group of Jewish people who are now believers in Jesus, and, and they're scattered. They're scattered all around, and they're scattered to all these different areas, to non-Jewish communities and, and all these other regions. Because if you remember, before Jesus left, he said, I want you to go. Yes, thank you. Yes, okay, you're with me. Lily's with me. Who else is with me? Anybody? Okay, he said, I want you to go. So they spread out, and they went. They went to all these communities, all these, all these other, other non-Jewish areas, and some of them in Jewish areas. And actually, James, is, is, um, he's based kind of in Jerusalem. And so, so this, is be, this is basically kind of the beginning of church history, post-Jesus. And so think about this. Think about it like this. Nothing at this point is familiar. Nothing is kind of like how we're living today, right? And like, there's nothing familiar. Um, nothing's familiar. And, and life isn't easy. If you're saying you're a follower of Jesus, life isn't easy right now. So in, in addition to all the revolutionary things that Jesus taught in his teachings and his sayings, they're, they're actually being persecuted by non-believing Gentiles, which Gentiles are people who are not Jewish people, but they're also being persecuted by Jewish people. So now, how do they make their faith work? Because if you know at this time, I don't know if you really, at this time, the Bible isn't written. The, the Bible's not written. I don't know if you realize that or not, but the Bible's not written in, these, in this moment. So, so how do they make their faith work? How do they develop their faith? How should they live and how should they function as believers of Jesus? And so, so no longer do the old Jewish laws and the old Jewish rules apply. Um, but so there, there's currently not a whole lot of instruction about being a follower. There's not like a, a manual. There's not a Bible printed in this moment uh, and so there's not a whole lot of construction, instruction yet. But here's what happened. Jesus didn't abandon them. He didn't just leave them hanging. While he was on the earth, he prepared a whole group of men and women who be, would become church leaders and, and disciples. And there's all kinds of people who are going to carry on the gospel of Jesus. And so scholars say this. Scholars say that James wrote the book. kind of makes sense. It's got his name on it, right? So James wrote the book, and they also say that James is the half-brother of Jesus. Now, how would you feel being the half-brother of Jesus? You're like, I'm, how, many of you guys, how many of you guys have siblings? How many of you guys would say that your other sibling is the favorite sibling? Okay. <laughs> so, so imagine, though, being Jesus' sibling. You're like, he's just perfect. He does everything perfect. He does everything. He never messes up. He never makes a mistake. So this is James. He's following up Jesus. He's the half-brother of Jesus. And like, here's the deal about James. You can tell he's a little bit hurt about this because he spares no feelings in this book. Like, and he speaks directly and specifically to the issues of the first century Jesus followers. And, and, and honestly, a lot of what's going on in James is similar to a lot of things that we face today. And so um, 
and, and I want to tell you this, no other book in the New Testament is like the book of James. It's actually kind of compared to Proverbs in the Old Testament because it's filled with a lot of just practical advice uh, to ha- on, on how to live a grace-filled life. And so James, though, in later on in his life, he was later martyred for his faith. He was killed for what he believed in. And so now we have kind of have a little bit of background of what we're reading about James. Are you still with me? This means yes. Okay, all right. So have you guys ever been in a situation to where, like, you, you should have asked for help, but you didn't? Anybody? Like, like when I was in third grade, um, I don't know about you, like for me in my schooling career, uh, third grade was probably my worst. Like, I don't know what it was for me in third grade, but third grade was my worst. Like, I almost failed math. I'm not good at math anyways, but I almost failed math because I was too, I was a really quiet, shy kid, and, and I was so afraid to ask questions. I was so afraid to ask and just to raise my hand and ask for, for help. Um, and, and so, like, we have these moments to where we're afraid to ask for help. A few years ago, uh, myself and a group of students and some of our leaders were in, in Denver, Colorado, doing some missions work one summer, and I was driving the bus, and um, Debbie was with us, Denise was with us, and, and um, so where we stayed was kind of outside of the downtown area, and we had to drive in every morning, and it was like rush hour traffic every morning. It was kind of hectic driving a bus, but we, we worshiped the whole way, and it was um, the Lord needed to guide us that, every day. And so, because I was driving mostly, but so we were heading downtown, and we, and I took a wrong turn. And, and I needed, I should have asked for directions, but I was just driving. And, and I clearly remember sitting right back here behind me was Denise. And she, I, could, I could feel the tension going on. And I could feel it. And, and she was on the bus, and she was like, do you know where we're going? <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, yeah, uh, we'll find it. And, and so, so it, we eventually got there, and I knew that I should have been like, hey, just look it up on your phone and tell me where to go. But, and I, but I didn't ask for help. Um, it's hard to ask for help when you don't know what to do, or actually when you're kind of prideful and you're like, eh, I don't need help. I can find this place. It's hard to ask for help sometimes, and like I could have easily asked her for directions on her phone. But like, and, and you don't have to raise your hand, but... Um, how many of you guys tonight, you, maybe you, you could say this on the inside, how many of you guys would admit or you would say that you're kind of struggling and you kind of need a little help, but we're, we're too afraid to ask God? Or, or we're not sure if we can ask God about certain things. You don't have to raise your hand. But, but tonight, I, I, believe that I, I believe that God wants to give you help in every issue that you encounter if you would simply ask him for help, if we would ask him for help. And we're going to look at that tonight. If you got your Bible, we're, in, we're going to start out. Obviously, we're through James, but we're going to start out. We're going to look in Matthew 7, verse 7. And it says this. It says, keep on asking, and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. This is Jesus, and, and, and he's talking about prayer. And when he's talking about this, he's talking about prayer. And so he's saying, I want you to be persistent in your asking. I want you to, to ask. He said, because a lot of times we're afraid to ask or we don't want to ask. And he says, keep on asking. 
and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you'll find. Keep knocking and the door will be opened to you. And so he shows us that when we ask and that when we seek God, we'll find him. So here we are. We're jumping into James right here. James 1, we're going to start in verse 5. And, and I have in, in, on the screen to verse 11, but we're actually going to read to verse 8. So work with me here. So it says this. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. That's key here. He says, do not waver. For a person who is, who, person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Verse seven, it says, such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Last verse, their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they're unstable in everything that they do. What he's saying here is he's like, you, if, you, if you need wisdom, ask our God for wisdom. But when you do, don't let your loyalty be divided. If you're gonna serve God, then serve God. And he'll answer you and he'll follow through. But if you're just on the fence and you're like, eh, sometimes I serve God, sometimes I don't. He's like, that, you're unstable. You're an unstable person in everything that you do. And I believe that the key phrase to this passage is found in verse eight. And we're gonna focus on that for just a minute. It says, said this, that their loyalty is divided between God and the world. They're unstable in everything that they do. It, it, doesn't that sound, kind of seem like a, a lot of people today? Doesn't that kind of seem like a lot of believers today? Like, like oh, I, I love to go to church. I love the Lord. Um, but then I like to do this a little bit too. Or I like to live this way. Or I'm, I, you know what I'm saying? Like our loyalty is divided. Sometimes, hey, when I'm here on a Wednesday night, I'm in. I'm raising my hands. I'm singing along. I'm praising God. But when I'm in school, I got my school friends and I do my school things or I'm on the weekend. In that, don't we see that a lot? And God's saying people who are like that are unstable in everything that do, they do. We'll come back to this. See, and I, and I love this. He says, I, I love that the Lord will not rebuke us for asking for help. He's saying, I want you to ask for help. I want you to cry out. I want you to talk to me. I want you to ask for help. And, and, but he does require us to ask it, with, in, with him, in him alone. So verse five says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. Specifically, if you lack the ability to see the things the way that God sees things, he says, Ask our generous God for what? What's he say? For wisdom. Ask for wisdom. And here's the difficult thing. I don't know about you guys, but when I'm going through a tough time, when I'm going through a difficult situation, like, I don't want wisdom. Here's what I want. I want to be rescued. I want to be out of the situation. I don't want to be like, hey, God, I really need some wisdom here. I want to be like, no, God, get me out of here. Deliver me from this. I'm like, hey, I'll be like the, the, the Egyptian, the, the people, like the Israelites. Give me, give, spread the waters, whatever you got to do. Get me out of this, God. And isn't that what we do a lot of times? We're like, no, God, just deliver me from this. Get me out of this. God, help me get, get free from this. But he says, he says if, 
you, you let me um, hang on. He says, if you need wisdom, seek wisdom, ask wisdom, ask for wisdom. And so, so I've learned to do this when I'm when I know that I'm going through something difficult, uh, and this has happened to me many times in my life, and in, in in my life, and and I'm about to maybe I'm about to speak with someone, or I'm about to counsel with someone, or I'm I'm about to go through a difficult situation, or I'm in the middle of a difficult situation. And, and I know that whoever I'm meeting with or what's happening, it's going to be something difficult. And I want to pray, God, get me out of here. But I've learned to pray, God, give me wisdom in this situation. God, give me your eyes to see people the way that you see people. God, give me your heart to understand and to love people the way that you love people. Man, don't we need that in today's world, in today's culture, with the mess that our world's in right now? God, help me to love people like you love people, no matter what. God, help me to see people like you see people, no matter their different beliefs, no matter what's going on in their lives, Lord, I need to see people and to love people how you love people. God, give me wisdom to see as you see. Because when we see as God sees, we're more inclined to do as God says. When we see as God sees, we're more inclined to do as God says. So we're going to take, actually, what I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to take a quick step back to last week, to some things we talked about last week's verses, because I want you to see how this applies. See, check this out. In James 1, verses 2 through 4, it says this, Dear brothers and sisters, When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. He's saying this. He's saying your faith, it's going to be tested. How many of you guys, I, I know a lot of us are young in this room and a lot of us are believers in this room. How many of you would you say, it, it's this time in your life, this age in your life, your faith has been tested at some point? I would say the majority of us in this room, our faith has been tested. He says your faith is, is going to be tested and, and what he wants you to do when you go through those tests, he wants you to find great joy. But what happens though, Jesus when, it, when it's really difficult, because it will be. It'll be really difficult. Verse five, here's what he's saying, catch it. If you need wisdom, ask God and he'll give it. He, he's saying you're gonna go through things. And, and a lot of times our prayer when we go through things is God deliver me from this. And maybe our prayer needs to be, God, give me wisdom in this. God, help me through this. God, help me to see people the way you see people through this. Help me to understand people the way that you understand people through this. But, but don't we do this sometimes? Like, God, maybe he'll highlight something that what's going on or maybe even something that we're guilty of. And, and we may ask God for help, but then what we do is we go on to everyone else for answers, for solutions, right? Isn't it funny how, like, like 
I, I find it funny probably because I'm old and I'm married and I've been doing this for a while, but I find it funny how pe- people are in dating relationships. They'll ask other inexperienced people who, about dating advice, right? And, and I'm not saying like go to me because I'm perfect and I'm married and, and that's not what I'm saying because I am not romantic at all. She's not in here. So I am not a romantic person. So actually don't come to me if you need dating advice because I'll tell you to stop it. But, um, but isn't it funny, though, that when we need advice on things, we'll go to people with less experience or just the same experience as we do, right? Instead of going to someone who's got... So, so, so we'll go to the world for our solutions of, of these things that we're dealing with, and not even just relationships, but just difficult things that we're dealing with. And here's what's happening when we when we like, hey, uh, Jesus, uh, could you give me some help? But what do you guys think? And here's what that is. That's divided loyalty. See, we have to view our prayer to God as, as kind of a moment of surrender. Say, God, I surrender to you. I surrender this moment to you. Give me wisdom. I need What we're saying is I need your help, God. See, we can't, because a lot of times we talk about we can't take our issues and our problems and, and lay them in front of Jesus and say, Jesus, here, I, I, I can't handle this on my own. I need you to take this. And then instead of just walking away and leaving our problems at the feet of Jesus, we're kind of like, and I'll take that with me, you know? And, and we do that. But the question is, do we trust Jesus or not? Do we really believe that, he can tr- that he, he'll do what he says he can do? See, when we pray, we have to have a trust or a faith in God that he'll provide an answer to our situation. So we got to ask God for help and, and, and trust in faith in him alone. So how do we apply this in our lives? So when, we're going to look real quick at John 14, verses 13 and 14. It says this. You can ask anything in my name, and I'll do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I'll do it. See, what Jesus is doing is he's giving us all access to the Father in his name. See, when we do, when we walk with the Lord daily, when we have a daily relationship with God in our one six seven, because right here in this room, right now in this moment, it, it's pretty easy to be a Christian. It's pretty easy to be a believer. But when we walk out these doors tonight, when our Snapchat starts blowing up, when our Instagram starts blowing up, when we're in school tomorrow, when we're hanging out with our friends, when we're with our boyfriend or with our girlfriend or with what, that group of people in our daily, in our one six seven. How are we honoring God with our lives? But when we're in step with the spirit of God, with the power of God, Jesus tells us, he says, to ask in his name and he'll come through. Uh, And I want you to remember tonight that Jesus isn't like the magic eight ball and like, Jesus, should I date this girl? Doubtful. Good answer. Okay, but like he's not like that, or he's not like magic genie who like he like comes and I'll grant you your wishes. He he doesn't just like give us what we wish for. But when we're aligned with God and we're living in his perfect will and living in his purposes, Jesus will answer 
so that the Father is glorified, so that God is glorified. See, a lot of times we want to take it on us, like, look at what I did, look at what I did. But we're like, no, we're doing this so the kingdom of God is glorified. See, when we're in relationship with Jesus, he gives us the ability to ask boldly with faith, knowing that Jesus wants to give us the answer and that Jesus wants to help us. So I want to encourage you tonight with this. When you're praying, when you're spending time with God in your prayers and in these moments, I want to encourage you to ask boldly in the name of Jesus. But our loyalty can't be divided. Are we with him? Are we not? Are we living for him? Or are we living for ourselves? Or are we living for others? He'll answer. He's there for us. But we've, he's fully committed to us. He proved that by dying on the cross. What's our response? How do we live for him? Are we fully committed? Or is our loyalty divided? Have you guys ever met someone who, who was a Christian, who was a believer, and they went through and they faced, like what we talked about, they faced trials of many kinds. Um, they faced many like, difficult things in their lives. And, and you watch them walk through these things with extraordinary faith and extraordinary confidence in God. I don't know if you've ever seen someone like that or seen someone walk through some very difficult things who was a believer and, and, and even through it all, they still had this extraordinary faith in God. <clears throat> like, I don't know about you. I've seen many cases. I've seen many situations like this where a lot of people uh, have gone through some difficult things and their faith was still just as strong as ever. And I don't know about you, but that for me, that is so, that's, like, those people are some of the most inspiring, some of the most hope-giving, some of the most faith-living people I've ever seen in my life. And I, I actually, I'm even more inspired by people who get a no from God and their faith endures past that than by people who always seem to get a yes from God. It's, expi- it's inspiring. It challenges me. And, and that's not like I, I love to see people go through difficult things. But it's so faith-building for me when people go through things and their faith is still just as strong on the other side of it, even when it's a no from God. Maybe you're here tonight and, and you've, you've been trying so hard. Maybe it's in your daily walk. Maybe it's in your 167. Maybe it's in how you live out your faith outside of this room. You've been trying so hard to make it through life. And tonight, you're just in desperate need of help. You're struggling. You're hurting. You're in desperate need of help tonight. You've tried praying but you end up trying to solve your problems on your own and in your own ways, and it's not working. And tonight, we need to ask God boldly for help and put your faith entirely in him.